Section 24 of Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume 1, by John Calvin. Translated by Rev. John Pringle. 1 Corinthians, Chapter 4, Verses 16-21. through 21. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod, or in love, and in the spirit of meekness? 16. I exhort you. He now expresses also, in his own words, what he requires from them in his fatherly admonition, that, being his sons, they do not degenerate from their father. For what is more reasonable than that sons endeavor to be as like as possible to their father? At the same time he gives up something in respect of his own right, when he exhorts them to this, by way of entreaty, rather than of command. But to what extent he wishes them to be imitators of him, he shows elsewhere, when he adds, as he was of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. This limitation must always be observed, so as not to follow any man, except in so far as he leads us to Christ. We know what he is here treating of. The Corinthians did not merely shun the abasement of the cross, but they also regarded their father with contempt, on this account that, forgetting earthly glory, he gloried rather in reproaches for Christ, and they reckoned themselves and others fortunate in having nothing contemptible according to the flesh. He accordingly admonishes them to devote themselves, after his example, to the service of Christ, so as to endure all things patiently. 17. For this cause. The meaning is, that you may know what my manner of life is, and whether I am worthy to be imitated. Listen to what Timothy has to say, who will be prepared to be a faithful witness of these things. Now, as there are two things that secure credit to a man's testimony, a knowledge of the things which he relates, and fidelity, he lets them know that Timothy possesses both of these things. For in calling him his dearly beloved son, he intimates that he knew him intimately, and was acquainted with all his affairs and farther he speaks of him as faithful in the lord he gives also two things in charge to timothy first to recall to the recollection of the corinthians those things which they should of themselves have had in remembrance and in this he tacitly reproves them and secondly to testify to them how uniform and steady his manner of teaching was in every place now it is probable that he had been assailed by the calumnies of the false apostles as though he assumed more authority over the corinthians than he did over others or as though he conducted himself in a very different way in other places for it is not without good reason that he wishes this to be testified to them it is then the part of a prudent minister so to regulate his procedure and to observe such a method of instruction that no objection may be brought against him but he shall be prepared to answer on the same ground as paul does eighteen as though i would not come to you this is the custom of the false apostles, to take advantage of the absence of the good, that they may triumph and vaunt without any hindrance. Paul, accordingly, with the view of reproving their ill-regulated conscience, 
and repressing their insolence tells them that they cannot endure his presence it happens sometimes it is true that wicked men on finding opportunity of insulting rise up openly with an iron front against the servants of christ but never do they come forward ingenuously to an equal combat but on the contrary by sinister artifices they discover their want of confidence nineteen but i will come shortly they are in a mistake says he in raising their crests during my absence as though this were to be of long duration for they shall in a short time perceive how vain their confidence has been he has it not however so much in view to terrify them as though he would on his arrival thunder forth against them but rather presses and bears down upon their consciences for however they might disguise it they were aware that he was furnished with divine influence the clause if the lord will intimates that we ought not to promise anything to others as to the future or to determine with ourselves without adding this limitation in so far as the lord will permit hence james with good reason derides the rashness of mankind james four fifteen in planning what they are to do ten years afterwards while they have not security for living even a single hour we are not it is true bound by a constant necessity to the use of such forms of expression but it is the better way to accustom ourselves carefully to them that we may exercise our minds from time to time in this consideration that all our plans must be in subjection to the will of god and i will know not the speech by speech you must understand that prating in which the false apostles delighted themselves for they excelled in a kind of dexterity and gracefulness of speech while they were destitute of the zeal and the efficacy of the spirit by the term power he means that spiritual efficacy with which those are endowed who dispense the word of the lord with earnestness the meaning therefore is i shall see whether they have so much occasion for being puffed up and i shall not judge of them by their mere outward talkativeness in which they place the sum total of their glory and on the ground of which they claim for themselves every honor if they wish to have any honor for me they must bring forward that power which distinguishes the true servants of christ from the merely pretended otherwise i shall despise them with all their show it is to no purpose therefore that they confide in their eloquence for i shall reckon it nothing better than smoke twenty for the kingdom of god is not in word as the lord governs the church by his word as with a sceptre the administration of the gospel is often called the kingdom of god here then we are to understand by the kingdom of god whatever tends in this direction and is appointed for this purpose that god may reign among us he says that this kingdom does not consist in word for how small an affair is it for any one to have skill to prate eloquently while he has nothing but empty tinkling let us know then a mere outward gracefulness and dexterity in teaching is like a body that is elegant and of a beautiful color while the power of which paul here speaks is like the soul we have already seen that the preaching of the gospel is of such a nature that it is inwardly replete with a kind of solid majesty this majesty shows itself when a minister strives by means of power rather than of speech that is when he does not place confidence in his own intellect or eloquence but furnished with the spiritual armor consisting of zeal for maintaining the lord's honor eagerness for the raising up of christ's kingdom a desire to edify the fear of the lord an invincible constancy purity of conscience and other necessary endowments he applies himself diligently to the lord's work without this preaching is dead and has no strength with whatever beauty it may be adorned hence in his second epistle he says that in christ nothing avails but a new creature second corinthians five seventeen a statement which is to the same purpose 
for he would have us not rest in outward masks but depend solely on the internal power of the holy spirit but while in these words he represses the ambition of the false apostles he at the same time reproves the corinthians for their perverted judgment and measuring the servants of christ by what holds the lowest place among their excellences here we have a remarkable statement and one that is not less applicable to us than to them as to our gospel of which we are proud where is it in most persons except in the tongue where is newness of life where is spiritual efficacy nor is it so among the people merely on the contrary how many there are who while endeavoring to procure favor and applause from the gospel as though it were some profane science aim at nothing else than to speak with elegance and refinement i do not approve of restricting the term power to miracles for from the contrast we may readily gather that it has a more extensive import twenty one what will ye the person who divided the epistles into chapters ought to have made this the beginning of the fifth chapter for having hitherto reproved the foolish pride of the corinthians their vain confidence and their judgment as perverted and corrupted by ambition he now makes mention of the vices with which they were infected and on account of which they ought to be ashamed you are puffed up as though everything were on the best possible footing among you but it were better if you did with shame and sighing acknowledge the unhappiness of your condition for if you persist i shall be under the necessity of laying aside mildness and exercising toward you a paternal severity there is however still more of emphasis in this threatening in which he gives them liberty to choose for he declares that it does not depend upon himself whether he shall show himself agreeable and mild but that it is their own fault that he is necessitated to use severity it is for you says he to choose in what temper you would have me as for me i am prepared to be mild but if you go on as you have done hitherto i shall be under the necessity of taking up the rod he thus takes higher ground after having laid claim to fatherly authority over them for it would have been absurd to set out with this threatening without first opening the way by what he said and preparing them for entertaining fears by the term rod he means that severity with which a pastor ought to correct his people's faults he places in contrast with this love and the spirit of meekness not as though the father hated the sons whom he chastises for on the contrary the chastisement proceeds from love but because by sadness of countenance and harshness of words he appears as though he were angry with his son to express myself more plainly in one word a father always whatever kind of look he may put on regards his son with affection but that affection he manifests when he teaches him pleasantly and lovingly but when on the other hand being displeased with his faults he chastises him in rather sharp terms or even with the rod he puts on the appearance of a person in a passion as then love does not appear when severity of discipline is exercised it is not without good reason that paul here conjoins love with a spirit of meekness there are some that understand the term rod to mean excommunication but for my part though i grant them that excommunication is a part of that severity with which paul threatens the corinthians i at the same time extend it farther so as to include all reproofs that are of a harsher kind observe here what system a good pastor ought to observe for he ought of his own accord to be inclined to mildness with the view of drawing to christ rather than driving this mildness so far as in him lies he ought to maintain and never have recourse to bitterness unless he be compelled to do so on the other hand he must not spare the rod proverbs thirteen twenty four when there is need for it for while those that are teachable and agreeable should be dealt with mildly sharpness requires to be used in dealing with the refractory contumacious 
We see, too, that the word of God does not contain mere doctrine, but contains an intermixture of bitter reproofs, so as to supply pastors with a rod. For it often happens, through the obstinacy of the people, that those pastors who are naturally the mildest are constrained to put on, as it were, the countenance of another, and act with rigor and severity. End of section 24